It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. In today's show, we're going to recap all of the action from Monday in the NBA, including Carl Anthony Towns going absolutely bananas. Michael Bolton? Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. There are nine games on Monday. We're going to break down all of the news, all of the information, everything you need to know. So, Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an update on the Jedi. OG Ananobi, if I could find his little drop. But what about Scarves? OG. Blizzard stop, ones. OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. Don't worry about Scarves. What about your finger, OG? Apparently, it's sort of okay, but not really. He's going to practice tomorrow. There's still a fracture in it. It's healing all right, but still the same, apparently. So the update that we got today was a whole bunch of words that don't actually tell us anything, apart from the fact that he's going to practice tomorrow. Does this mean he's going to end up playing through the injury? It sure feels that way, but we'll get more of an update on that tomorrow. So just be aware of that with Ananobi. We got some news on Lonzo Ball and Pat Williams for the Bulls as well. Williams is going to be back towards the end of March. Don't add him in 12-team leagues. No real point adding someone who's two weeks away, let alone a bloke who's not 12 or 14-team league valuable anyway in limited minutes, coming off the bench. Don't worry about that. But the more disturbing update, I guess, is... Well, not disturbing, I don't know if that's the right word, is Lonzo Ball. Still got pain in his knee from the bone bruise. Um, he's not sprinting yet. He's doing some straight line running. There's no timetable yet until he's able to start sprinting. Surely you dropped him ages ago. If you, ha He's not coming back in March. I can assure you of that. Maybe he's back in April. Maybe. But he is a clear drop. He's been a clear drop for weeks, months, maybe. Surely this is just the push in the direction that you need to uh, to move on from him. Where are you now? Blunty is going to remain in the G League for tomorrow. There's no update on when or if he joins the main team. He will at some point, you would expect. But he's not there yet. So, again, 
stashing these sort of blokes coming back after a seventh month, no, actually 10 month, 12 month layoff since he got hurt, wasn't it? From his knee surgery, um, who doesn't have a prescribed large role. It's really, really not, not worthwhile. It's just not. So again, he's still not back. Move on. But players who are back, I actually, that was a good transition. I just got them out of order here. Let's do it anyway. Players that are back, Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart, back for Detroit. What does this mean for Marvin Bagley, Kelly Linick, Isaiah Livers, Corey Joseph? Well, the thing is that it's annoying because we've got this good three-game week for the Pistons, three low-volume game week. But we don't know how it's all going to pan out. Do you grab Stewart? Yeah, look, I think so, given the way the schedule plays out. Do you drop Bagley? No, I wouldn't, just because he'll still play minimum 22, and you've got the three good games. And I don't know how much Stewart's going to be limited, but someone's going to miss out. Is Linux going to be excised from the rotation? Because Livers closed the game last time out. So who's going to miss out there? Is it, is it Linux or is it Livers? So your stream of livers or your stream of Linux might be reduced to literally zero games if they do decide to take one of those guys out of the rotation. As for Hayes, um, he just comes in and he might play 18, he might play 29. I would imagine he stays low minutes for the week. His assists and steals might be useful in three games, but a little bit more confusion, I guess, to the Pistons rotation. The other one I needed to talk about here was Dougie McDirt, who sprained his ankle. He's out a while. I wouldn't be surprised if he's done for the year. We're less than a month to go in the regular season. He's older. He's got an injury which Pop says he's not day-to-day and will be out a while, so see you later. Obviously, you're not rostering him anywhere, but it does help the value of guys like Joshie Richardson, a little bit of Lonnie Walker, a little bit of Devin Vassell with some extra minutes there. And in New Orleans, CJ McCollum is questionable to return tomorrow. That is going to have an impact on Devontae Graham, Jose Alvarado, Jackson Hayes, Najee Marshall. Ingram is still out, but those other four guys are going to get impacted. Yeah, Alvarado, looking like a good stream, probably isn't as much anymore. Hayes can maintain some value, but he'll lose shot attempts. Marshall might actually lose the starting spot, and they might stay with Graham and CJ. For now, until we get a little bit more info, I would hold on to Najee. I would hold on to Devontae. Obviously, hold on to Jackson. Play them on Tuesday with a low-volume day, and then we'll see how it goes, because it doesn't. it's not that good with CJ coming back for where their value sits. It's just it's going to have a big impact on uh, on where their value lies for the rest of the year. And speaking of the rest of the year, we're going to get to the rest of the year. We're going to get to the rest of Monday uh, later on in the show, recapping all nine games. But I'm going to tell you, the college basketball, it's here. It's that time of year. March Madness is upon us. And for all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. 
Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. So let's um, let's look at the top ads and top drops in fantasy basketball over the last 24 hours. The number one most dropped, or sorry, most added players is Brooke Lopez. Yes, Brooke Lopez. First game back, people could not help themselves and went and added him. He is up 26 percentage points in terms of leagues that he is rostered in. It was predictable that people were going to do that. Um, I don't really think it's the right move, personally. I think he's going to be so limited in these games that it is just going to end up hurting your roster. But that's what people do, don't they? They look at names and they add them. And again, I think you know, you'll get more value out of no-name players, like the bloke second on this list, Trenton Watford, than you will out of Lopez for these next couple of weeks. Watford up 24%. He's a great ad at the moment. Alex Caruso up 16 Yeah, fine. Sure. He's a pretty solid ad, I think, especially if you're needing steals. Darius Baisley up 14 That worked out pretty well today. But Hassan Whiteside up 12% while Gobert's playing, isn't he? So that does make that one a little bit less exciting. It's worth the opportunity, the stream, the cost you have there to get him in in case Gobert sat. But we can go and move on now. Kevin Herter up 9%. He continues to just be a fart. Like, just one of the smelliest farts you could see. Like... I was going to say some sort of terrible analogy about farts, but it wasn't going to work. So I'm just going to tell you that it's just not worth having. He's fine to stream in on days like this. And then after that, you move on. Like you add him, you go, ah, oh, fine, 14 points, four boards. Like it's just nothing. It's, it doesn't even promise anything good. You go, the minutes are there, but there's no production out of it. And that's a long way of me saying, don't worry about having Kevin Herder as must roster. Dylan Brooksy Brooks. Morant's not going to play tomorrow. It looks like he's doubtful. So Brooksy is going to be able to take a lot of shots. Yeah, he should be added. But RIP in pieces, your field goal percentage. Well, Drew Eubanks up 8%. I like that rest of the season. Austin Reeves, good stream for today. Not the greatest upside player, but his value has been pretty solid. And then Markel Fultz, that is the Orlando speciality. The three quality gamer from the Magic. Fultz getting big assists. Minutes will be limited. But the fact that he has the three games this week makes a ton of sense to at least try it out and see if he can maintain this ridiculous assist rate that he has going at the moment. The top drops, number one, is the delicate dancer, Alpren Shingun, down 18%. And this just brings me to a point that I, that I wanted to make. Um, I'm convinced people don't listen to, or some people don't listen to things that I say, because someone put a comment on my video yesterday, maybe at some point saying, give it up with Shingun. He's just not worth it. He's a streamer at best. Why do you keep telling us that he's not? And I feel like I read that comment and it makes me question my sanity. Like, it makes me go, what have I actually been saying? Have I been saying that? Because I am sure for the last three months, I've been telling you, when Christian Wood is out, we add in Shingun. And when Christian Wood plays, we don't bother with it. Maybe it's not three months. Maybe it's two months. I feel like I've been pretty bloody um, insistent on that, pretty repetitive on that. But, and this is where narratives start. The narrative is that I'm telling everyone you must hold Shengun, you must roster him at all times. Which, again, if you are watching this, drop it in the comments below. It's clear bullshit. Or have I actually lost my mind? Am I saying something very different to what I'm thinking I'm saying? Because I read this stuff and I question my sanity. I go, really? What? What? I don't, I haven't said that at all. But 
that's what that's what sticks, yeah? Now I'm going to tell people, man, get off Derek White. Why are you still holding on to him when I've been saying to drop him for a few weeks? I, I'm waiting for it. Please don't write that in the comments below. Anyway, Manuel quickly down 18%. I probably would have held quickly, but I understand the field goal percentage is an issue. And then Derek White down 10%. Oh, no, please hold on to Derek White. He's going to be great. You've got to hold him. Maximum Derek. Now piss him off. Like, we can't hold on through these minutes, as I have said, for a few weeks. Kelly Linick down nine. That's interesting. I am worried that he's going to lose his spot in the rotation. But the Pistons' schedule, I wouldn't have dropped just yet. Melton down nine. Well, he gets a little bit of a reprieve with, Mal- uh, with Morant out tomorrow. And he's worth having with four games on. But other than that, makes sense. And Kiki down eight. I don't really get what's going on with this guy and the minutes and the playing time. But again, the schedule would uh, dictate to me to hold. Vanderbilt bar down 8%. Sure, fair drop. Um, although, Jaden McDaniels got hurt today, so we'll see what that means. Aaron Wiggins down seven. Look, uh, someone who's ill, who's missing two games in a row, just clear the roster spot. Tate down seven. The wild thing. He doesn't have much to say about that. Even the wild thing's going well. I can't do much about that. Um, and Alec Burks down six. I, I would have held on. I know the shooting's rough, but the minutes are great, and the production's pretty solid, apart from the, um, apart from the field goal percentage issue that he does bring very, very often. Let's look at the first game of the night. Um, that was the Clippers. They go down to the old uh, Cleveland Cavaliers in overtime, 120-111. So some good um, good production from a lot of the Cavs guys. The Clippers were doing this, of course, without Reggie Jackson and without um, Marque- Mar- not Marquise, Marcus Morris. They were resting. Zubats has been really, really strong. Top 35 over the last two weeks. He had 50 fantasy points. 24-14 and two blocks. That's really good. The minutes are way up. And they even played him deliberately on purpose next to Isaiah Hartenstein in this game. And Hartenstein played a little bit under 20 minutes. Still useful. 10 and 6, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. 100% shooting. Hartenstein, probably more of a 14-teamer. But he can get it done. Batum only had 6 points, but had 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. He's been rough. He's outside the top 230 last two weeks. This is good, but I don't trust it. Nor do I really trust what Terrence Mann did. 45 minutes, 18 and 10. He took 21 shots, and he won't have that ability with Jackson and Morris back, and his minutes had been dropped way down. I wouldn't say that he's a must-hold. I wouldn't say that Canard is a must-add, despite having 14, 2, and 4. And the uh, Farmers Union, Amir Coffey, played 40 minutes. He's getting a lot of minutes, and he had 19 points, but 35% shooting, bad from the line, hit four threes, not 12-team league guys. To me, it's just Zubats, it's Jackson, it's probably Morris. And then your Batums and Mans and Coffees are all just stream options at the back end. Hartenstein's on the fringes as well. For the Cavs, Darius Garland's had some real struggles the last two to three games with his field goal percentage. He was on 24 points with 13 assists on 38%. That's hurting. But it was always bound to fall away. Well, Isaac Okoro, Jesus Christ. Is this, who's this bloke? 20 points, 39 minutes. He took six shots for 20 points, got to the line 13 times, and went 11 of 13. So that is the fakest shit I've ever seen. Like, he's just not going to get to the line that often or score 20 points. But I am impressed with the triple one, and I am impressed with the five assists. Still, you're leaving him for 14, maybe 14, probably 16 team leagues. Marketing played 46 and had 17 and 9. Strong numbers. Well, Mobley, I thought was great. 30 and 6, two steals, two blocks. The overall fantasy value was brought down by the fact that he went three of six from the line. That's an issue for him. But 40 or 50 fantasy points, he just looks unbelievable out there. Karis LeVert returned. Only 25 minutes, 11, 7, and 3. Obviously, that's disappointing. But he is working his way back from the foot issue. The 25 minutes should push up to 30, hopefully. 
and we still hold him, but understanding there are going to be holes in his game for sure. While Kevin Love, just 18 minutes. It's very hard to understand where Love's minutes are on a game-by-game basis, and this was even with Dean Wade out. 13-9 and nine for Love. You still hold him, but in a 10? Mm, I'd pro- in a 10, I'd probably drop. We got Lamar Stevens starting for God knows what reason. 13 minutes for him, 5 and 4. And Chetty Osman played 8 minutes. His production and minutes and all that sort of shit has been just wildly inconsistent for quite a while. We're back to talk about the other games in a sec, but I'm going to tell you now about Rock Auto because why would you go to a local chain auto parts store? That sounds terrible. Why wouldn't you just get your parts directly from Rock Auto? the online family business serving auto pass customers for over 20 years. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from that local chain auto parts store? It's a miserable experience. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you need for your car or truck. So head to rockauto.com and check out their great catalog of all of those parts available for your car or truck. And in there, how did you hear about us box right locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. We're going to go to the second game of the day because that's what comes after the first. It's Portland, who are frisky in this one, but they end up going down to the Atlanta Hawks, 122-113. Let's talk about Portland. Trendon Watford, 39 minutes. Now, Nurkic isn't returning. Lillard isn't returning. I don't think Simons is returning. And I'm not sure about Justice Winslow. Right? But Watford's getting good minutes. 22 and 9, four blocks. Very hard to say you shouldn't be on a roster. Shit, the bloke's the 50th ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 47 fantasy points. He's got to be on a roster. Even Drewy Eubanks, who signed his third 10-day, 30 minutes, 16 and 10. Probably on a roster, top 100 last uh, two weeks. Josh the Hitman Hart. Now, remember, he was, um, yeah, what did I, how did I label him? DNGAF. Josh Hart out, DNGAF. Do not give a fuck, but he gives a fuck now. Josh Hart, gaff. Gaffer. Josh the Gaffer Hart. Anyway, that's a stretch. 31 and 7 with four triples, 52% shooting. That's two absolute monsters in a row for Hart. And he's providing good numbers. Well, Brandon Williams, this bloke, again, you look at it, shit, man. 36 minutes, 20 points. All right, let's go. Let's fire it up. Yeah, let's go. Six assists. Woo, even better. Still on a block. Awesome. And then he goes two of five from the line and shoots 47 from the field. It's not too bad. He is going to hurt your percentages, though. And he's going to get great volume. So it's a trade-off as to what you want while Simons is out. The other guy to look at is Chris Dunn, who made his debut. Debut. Played 20 minutes, had two points, true Chris Dunn style, 17%. But 
but had three assists and two steals. If you want steals and you're in a, in a deeper format, Dunny is going to be able to come in and maybe get you two a game. One and a half, yeah. Maybe it's 1.2 in 18 minutes. That's, that's really good still. And there's value in that, but I wouldn't bother in a 12. For the Hawks, they were without Collins and Gallinari, so they started DeAndre Hunter at power forward, and he did things that he doesn't normally do. Two steals and two blocks. Now, one of the other things he doesn't normally do is get rebounds and assists, and that was still the case here. Three boards in 34 minutes with zero assists. But he also had 20 points. Unfortunately, it took 17 shots to get there, shooting 35%. And he continues to be frustrating. At the moment, there is some 12-team value in his volume. But I think when Collins is back, there's no way I'd want to use him. But for now, maybe. Capella was all right. 8-16 and 16 with two blocks, while Trey Young continues to be just crazy. 71 fantasy points, 46-6-12 and 12 with five threes. They started Delon Wright in place of Collins, and because Gallinari was also out. Um, four points, but four rebounds, four assists, three steals, and a block. Missed all three of his shots and was a perfect four or four from the line. It's a very weird line, but Delon has always been a good steals guy. Herder, I said before, like 14 points and four rebounds. Like, yeah, like it's whatever. It's fine. It's a streamer. It's not a must roster at all. While Bogdanovich, we talked about him in the buy low, sell high show. Um, recapping a few weeks ago how he said he was a sell high because the shooting numbers were unsustainable. Yeah, he's dropped way off here. Nine points on 15%. Eh. He only played 24 minutes. He had six assists and two steals, so that's good. He'll be better than this, of course. But that hot run that he had was always probably going to come down. Okongwu dropped in 12 and 7 in 20 minutes. It's not enough to be anything more than a streamer, though, at this point. The next game, the Denver Nuggets and the Philadelphia 76ers. 114 Denver, 110 Philadelphia. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. Um, okay, he was pretty good. 22, 13, and 8. Two steals and two blocks. 50% from the field. Just continuing to be the number one player in fantasy. While after him, there were some weird performances. Barton Will Barton had 20. A couple of good games in a row from him. Should be on a 12-team roster. And then the big stiffy, Bones Highland. 21 points, but more importantly, 31 minutes. How did he get to 31 minutes? Well, we saw only 21 from Jeff Green, only 20 from Aaron Gordon, and the minutes didn't go to Austin Rivers. I like what Bones can do. I like his shooting and scoring and even passing potential, but it's about getting 30 a night, and I don't think he's going to do it. Gordon only played 20 minutes because he was ill. Seven points in 20, and with who Aaron Gordon is as a player, who he is as a fantasy contributor, like, you're better off streaming his roster spot, I reckon, in 12-team formats. I think you're better off. Monty Morris has gone back to being Monty Morris. 11, 3, and 6 in 34 minutes. Um, he didn't hit a 3, but he did go 5 of 10 from the field. This is what happens when Will Barton plays, is that Morris just goes back into his shell and is just completely adequate as your 11th or 12th best player. You probably still want to hold him, but we've seen it time and time again that... When Barton is out, Morris steps up. And when Barton comes back, he steps back into his shell. That's the Will Barton effect. Boogie had 8-3 and three in 14 minutes. And no, you don't need to have him in a 12-team format for the Sixers. Pretty disappointing loss. Joel Embiid was good. 34-9, still two blocks. While Harden was much better after I roasted him on the buy low sell high. I didn't roast him. I just said he was shooting poorly. And he went 24-9-11 and 11 on 55%. And he finally got that first block as a member of the Sixers. Also went 11 of 12 from the line. So that's like a vintage Harden line. Maxi was pretty good with his scoring. 19 points in 42. Efficient again, 54%, which is great. On 71% from two somehow. But just still lacking. 
Three rebounds, three assists, zero steals, zero blocks. We're we're seeing him settle into his role. That's that 70th to 95th best player in fantasy, probably, as we move forward. The um, the thin broomstick, Tobias Harris had 10 and 7 in 37 minutes. Nothing much else there. A couple of good games. This one was back to that old stinking from here. Well, DeAndre Jordan, how does this... Imagine being 7 foot tall and just getting gifted contracts because you're tall and because you used to be good six years ago. It makes no sense, A, that he keeps getting signed and B, that he keeps getting played. I don't know how much more evidence anyone needs that this guy's terrible. Uh, 3.6 rebounds in 12 minutes for him. Danny Green returned from a finger laceration, missed all five of his shots. So I guess that's whatever the opposite of cool is. The Hornets beat the Thunder pretty comfortably. 134-116, the final score here. Rogier just continues to do his thing. 30 points, four threes, six rebounds, four assists, and two steals on 65%. And then we talked about Miles Bridges suffering a little bit of a drop-off. Well, thank you for this, Miles, because you had 27 three and six with five threes on 73%. We talked about the field goal percentage dropping off somewhat. Well, it's back up, and that was great. Lamelo was also pretty good. Only played 30 minutes. It was a blowout, though. 21, four, and seven. And Mason Plumley, what a crazy, eclectic... I, that's how I re- reference it in my basketball monster notes. An eclectic line. I don't know if that's actually the right word, but I don't care. Five points in 28 minutes from Mason Plumley, 11 boards, eight rebounds, one steal and four blocks. And then one of three from the line. So you look at it and go, holy shit, I could do with 11 rebounds, eight assists and four blocks. Oh, five points, oh, 33 from the line. It's just all over the shop. Very hard to trust it on a game-by-game basis. I trust Montrez Harrell on a game-by-game basis. I trust him to be bad. He had five points with zero rebounds in 18 minutes and it gives me great pleasure to do it once again. Get that garbage out of here! See you, Montrez. PJ Washington Jr. had 6-5 and five in 30 minutes. Not his greatest. I still think he's a 12-team hold, but I do not think Kelly Oubre is. Get that garbage out of here! That's three straight for Oubre of under 20 minutes. And it is not going to get better, I wouldn't expect, when or if Gordon Haywood returns. 11 points, 4 rebounds in 17 minutes for Oubre. No foul trouble. They just don't want to play him that much. Isaiah Thomas had 12 in 17. That's very interesting. Four threes. Good for him. 16-team, maybe you want to stream him on a 10-day. Eh, I wouldn't do any further than that. Shea Gildas-Alexander continues to be great. 32-8-5 in 36 minutes, while Baisley, two big bombs in a row from Baze. 25-4-4 with four triples, and he's looking pretty good. Probably is a 12-team league player. Trey Mann, 13-5-6. Good getting those six assists out of him. I think he's a fringe 12-team league guy. And then the rest of the roster, well, I'm going to throw my hands up in the air and say, kids, I'm sorry, number one. And number two, I've got no fucking idea because it just seems to change all the time. Isaiah Roby was rolling along. Top 50 numbers, 30 minutes a night. He goes to the bench and plays under 10 and goes scoreless. What? Get that garbage out of here! See you later. If you're going to play these minutes, see you all the way later. He was replacing the starting lineup by the incantation. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Oh, Olivier Saar played 32 minutes and he did nothing. Seven and seven, three assists, one block. Like it's fine, maybe? I don't know how to trust it. I think you can't. If he, he's a streamer on nights when they play, I could see him maybe start to turn in some Trenton Watford type lines. But I also don't know. It's just too much uh, uncertainty with this rotation. Same with Pokyshevsky, who played 27 minutes and actually played at center. And they said after the game, hey, maybe we're going to play him at center more. Oh, cool, like you've avoided that for two years. He had 17, 5, and 5. Shot well. 110th over the last two weeks. The permanent upside's better than nearly anybody. 
So take a crack at it. But it might turn out like Isaiah Roby and just blow up in your face completely. 12 points for Vic Krejci. While uh, Lindy Waters had four and six with two steals and a block. Cool, 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 cool. 25% shooting for Lindy. The, sh- the shots are going to be there. Just whether they go in or not makes him yeah, only, obviously, that deeper league stream option. The Wolves, the Spurs. Minnesota gets the good win, 149-139. Unfortunately, it looks like it may have come at a cost. We don't know exactly, but Jaden McDaniels hurt his ankle late. So we don't have an update on that. It didn't look great. He had to be helped to the locker room. Fingers crossed. If they're down him and Jared Vanderbiltbar, I don't know what the hell they do. Maybe the more Reed and Towns combinations, but Naz Reed was out as well. Speaking of Towns, this bloke just went out there, dropped a casual 82 fantasy points. He had the NBA's highest scoring game for the season. He had 60 and 17 with seven threes. That's a Wolves franchise record. That is just huge. And he had played some lower minute games of late with some foul trouble, some blowouts. And he just went out and went, cool, let's actually go. And by let's actually go, I mean, kids, sorry, let's fucking go. And he just carried this team. Huge. Patrick Beverly. This bloke. Fuck. 20 points in 30 minutes. Eight assists. A steal and a block. Next he's going to be out because he tied his dick in a knot and he can't untie it. Out three weeks. Apologies to you, Pat. Although me saying your dick's long enough to tie into a knot is probably a compliment in itself. How do, you, how do you trust it? You can't. Like the bloke's out every second game. But this is why we've said must roster, must roster. Because when he plays, look at the numbers. Look how bloody sexy they are. Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, going at him. Russell had 19, 2, and 6. That's strong. Well, I tell you what wasn't strong. Wasn't strong at all. And that was Goose, Anthony Edwards. This doesn't mean anything, right, what I'm going to say here. It's not based on anything important. Don't do anything with it fantasy-related. And be careful not to read into what I'm saying too much. I think his knee's rooted. Short term, not long term, not career, nothing like that. Not, we're not talking Brandon Roy, knock on wood. I, I, something's off, man. He'll have the game where, he, where it's great, and then he just goes into his shell, and he's like avoiding, I don't know, five points, 29%. But in saying that, he's still ranked top 40 over the last two weeks. I am worried that there are going to be more games off here, though. Jalen Noel got 26 minutes. He had 15 and 6. I like Noel. Him being taken out of the rotation was confusing. He got back in here because McLaughlin was out. Well, Malik Beasley. Oh, Malik. Malik Beasley said, I see you, Tony Snell. I salute you. Flattery is the form. Imitation is the finest form of flattery. He played 19 minutes and had literally nothing. No stats. He had one three-point attempt. That's it. Nothing. One of the worst games you'll ever see for a bloke that put up 11 threes in a game two games ago. These guys are back. Malik Beasley, I I am absolutely sorry to say, not at all sorry, but see you later. Get that garbage out of here! This bloke is 230 for the season. This is why. On to the Spurs. Everyone returned. DeJounte Murray just kept being awesome. 30 points, 12 assists, triple one, 90% from the line, while Keldon Johnson also went crazy. 34, 8, and 4 with 5 threes. Now, he's probably going to have 6 points on 20 shots in the next game. But this was great. Of course, in true Calden Johnson style, we had 0 steals and 0 blocks, but that's what you get. 
Good game from Devin Vassell, stuffing the stat sheet. 17 points, two threes, three assists, two steals, and three blocks. His game goes under the radar because he's never going to just blow up in the big categories. He's never going to have 25 and 10. He's never going to dish nine assists. He'll go and have 16, 4, 4, or actually he'll go 17, 3, 3, 2, 3. And it looks fine, but it's actually really good. Make sure he's on a 12-team roster. Pirtle had 21 and 4 with three blocks, while Lonnie Walker chipped in 22. Did that on 12 shots, which is really good. I don't really trust Lonnie as a 12-team league guy. But when you are out there looking for value and looking for points categories, eh, Lonnie can help. Joshy Richardson started in place of McDirt. He had two points only, but two steals. His numbers have been improving of late. Good, good at least, I think, 16-team, maybe 14-team short-term guy with that long-term or alleged long-term injury uh, to Doug McDermott coming. All right, let's go to the next game. The Bulls get beaten by the Kings. Thought the Kings were going to give up another 20-point lead in this one, but in the end, they get it done. 1-12-1-0-3. Bad loss for the Bulls. They've got a pretty tough schedule coming up here, and they've uh, they've been wavering a little bit. Hopefully, they're able to figure it out for Bulls fans, but it's been a little bit of a rough stretch. Levine returned to action. 9 of 9 from the line is really good. 27-3-6, he looked great. And it's good that he's back out there and doing his thing. While DeRozan's inefficiency from the field continues to be a bit of an issue. At 21, 7, and 6 is still strong. But no steals, no blocks, and only 41% shooting. 7 of 7 from the line is still good as well. But remember, he was going at 58% before. There was always going to be a drop-off, and it swung too far in the other direction now. Fooch had 23 and 10. His standard zero free throw attempts, that's what he does. Well, then there's just a bunch of bullshit after that. Kobe White had 13 in 23 minutes. He's a 12-team drop. Dasunmu played 31 and had 6, 2, and 2. Now, I probably still would hold. The minutes are there. But this guy isn't that good that he, I think, remains an absolute must-roster guy. You have to be ruthless in the fantasy playoffs. If you're not going to use Dasunmu on, say, Wednesday, and you want to create a space for a Pistons guy to get three games out of him, Eh, maybe consider doing it, especially if he's your worst player. Alex Caruso was pretty um, rough as well, the old rabbit hunter. Be very quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. There's a bit of the Matisse Stiebels about him, whereas when the steals come, everything looks great. But when they don't, 6-1-2, and two, 29%. That's, that's bad. I still think you do want to hold him in 12-team leagues. The foibles of having someone whose value is tied heavily into a defensive stat category. It was on pretty pretty clear display here. Tristan Thompson didn't take a single shot, but had two steals and two blocks. While Javante Green, he's just starting to make up the numbers at this point. Five points in 17 minutes. For the Kings, Darren Fox's strong run continues. Another 34 points in 42 minutes. He is playing a shit ton. Six assists, 52%, 83 from the line. The shooting numbers for him, surely, surely at some point they're going to crater. And I would expect that the minutes drop off at some point as well. But it's been a little great run here while Sabonis returned for 22-7-4. and And after two games in a row of under 20 minutes, Justin Holiday was out. So they started Dante DiVincenzo. They played him 35 and he went 15-7-4. and This is literally the direction things were trending before. And then Elvin Gentry as he was uh, trying to adjust his undies or something, pulled it out of his ass that, hey, we're going to play him 12 minutes now. For no real reason at all, apart from I'm just going to fuck with everybody. Let's try and develop Jeremy Lamb and Justin Holiday. Well, they were both out here, so we got DiVincenzo minutes. Does that mean this will continue? If it was a functional organization, you would say yes. But it's the Kings, so I don't know. I don't hate adding DiVincenzo just to see what happens here. 
Bit of a stinker from the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Six points, but looking on the bright side, six rebounds, six assists, two blocks. Davion had 16 points with two steals. Eh, I don't really care for him in, in fantasy leagues. Well, Trey Lyles had nine and 11, and Rashawn Holmes just the 10, uh, 10 minutes. Still being rostered, though. Don't know why, but people are still rostering him. Interestingly, we got uh, 20 minutes of Chemezi Metu, who had three steals. I still think that we should be getting more of him than bloody Trey Lyles. I don't see the point in Trey Lyles at all. But Metu just, just doing a little bit there. The deeper leagues will want to just keep their eyes and ears open to see if anything further develops. The Wizards, they took on the Warriors. They lose 112-126. Kristaps Porzingis. Porzingis. 25 and 8 in 27 minutes. He's not going to wow us with big minutes, but the production's strong. While Neto played 22, he had 8 points. That's a rough start, but 7 assists and 4 steals is good. I wouldn't feel comfortable having him on a 12-team roster, but there's at least stream value there. We just never know which way it's going to go, really. KCP continued his strong play, 19 points, 2 steals, but we talked about this on the underperforming, overperforming show earlier today, that he was shooting an unbelievable amount from the line, and then he went 2 of 3 here, which hurts, but still good numbers. Ish Smith, 24 points, couldn't shoot for shit, but added 7 assists. He's a good assist streamer, that's about it. While Kuzma is suffering a downturn here with Porzingis in town, 11 and 8, 33%, 31 minutes, just seeing that drop-off come. Kispert also had been playing well the last two, did nothing here. Obviously, he's not a 12-team league guy or even a 14-team league guy. He had four points in 20 minutes, while Gafford had nine in 21. Uh, Gafford's rostered in a lot of spots. I do not believe that you need to do that. Get that garbage out of here! I mean, sure, stream him if Porzingis is out, but even last time, Bryant played more than him. He's really solid as a backup, but I just don't think there's enough value to be holding on to him in 12-team formats. For the Warriors, Steph was amazing. 47 points, 7 triples, 6 assists, 64%, percent, no, percent, 8 of 8 from the line. Well, Johnny Kaminga played 28, started in place of Wigo, 12 and 8, and he Richie Benoit. 2 for 2, 2, 2. I find it hard to see how Kaminga can maintain 12-team value when Wiggins returns, but this was encouraging. Same with uh, Geordie Poole, who had 20 points with 2 steals and a block in his start for 32 minutes. Um, Clay had 20, which is great, but his inefficiency continued 37%. He's been rough with that for most of the season, but good to see the volume there. While Draymond Green, only 20 minutes off the bench. He is going to be limited for the next week or two to 20 to 23 minutes, but 6, 7, and 6 with a steal is a very Draymond line. And I don't really think that there's too much of a problem in actually activating him if he's going to get 20. I think he's still going to be useful enough in 23 minutes. And I reckon that minutes limit might bump up a little bit early, but it's just great to have him back. Um, Moses Moody played 19 minutes while uh, Damian Lee out of the rotation. Gary Payton still injured. And there was no Wiggins in this game. Good to see Otto Porter returning as well from whatever uh, his illness was. Seven points in 22, but obviously with this team getting close to full strength, Porter's not going to have that 12-team appeal. All right, let's do the next game. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Utah Jazz. Really good game, this one. The Bucks get the win, big win. 117-111 in the end. Drew Holiday was fantastic. 29-4-7 with five steals. Hit two threes. Great from the line. A very look, Drew's been great this year. This was just a really good game. Well, Giannis had 13. Not 13. 30 and 15. And he was great, great from the line at 50% from the field. Middleton also chimed in with 23-3-4. So good games from their stars. Unfortunately, Bobby Portis isn't one of their stars, so he didn't have a particularly good game. Seven and six in 28 minutes. This is not a sign to drop Bobby Portis. 
right? It hasn't been good the last couple. And yes, Brooke Lopez is back. We'll talk about him in a second. But don't drop Portis because of this. Interestingly, they closed the game with Wes Matthews and Javon Carter in instead of Portis and Grayson Allen. Now, Grayson Allen, that's fine. Nine points with three threes. We're not rostering him in any 12-team leagues. And Carter had five points, but it's defensively that he and Matthews were able to do some damage and provide that interesting balance. And that is probably what's going to be Portis' issue. He's a shit defender. And if they've got other options in there with Giannis can play center, it might just drop his playing time down a little bit. Just don't want to drop him yet. Again, we just want to watch it. Speaking of Brook Lopez, he did return. He played 15 minutes. He had 6-1-1. One, and one. You are in the middle of the fantasy playoffs. It's great that Brook Lopez is back. It's so good. It's unbelievable for the playoffs, for the NBA, for the Bucks, Just for Brook as a bloke. Everyone loves him. But you're in the fantasy playoffs. How good is this doing you? 6-1. and one. In 15 minutes? The answer is not very very much at all. And yes, he will ramp up. 1st of April, maybe? Like, are we expecting more from Brook over the next week and a half? I, I'm not. I wouldn't have bothered adding him, as I have said, millions of times. Not millions, literally, but a fair few times. And this is why. He will have better games than this. He might have a 10-4 and four game. He might block two shots with eight points next game. Sure. But is it really worth it? Ask yourself the question. I don't believe that it is. And this is why I don't believe that it is. George Hill also returned. He had zero points in 14 minutes, so that's cool. For the Jazz, this is also why Mike Conley was featured on the underperforming slash buy low show and why we should have held on to him. 32 minutes, 29, 6, and 7 with six triples and two steals on 77%. Now, while 77% is obviously too high and not sustainable, he was shooting 21% prior to this. So it was gonna it was gonna bounce back and forward, wasn't it? Mitchell had 29, 6, and 8, while Rudy Gobert had 18 and 14, and Royce O'Neal, the Basmati man, 12 and 7. Unfortunately, he just shot 31%, but two threes and two steals. And we talk about how low his upside is all season, but when it comes to fantasy playoffs, you want a little bit of reliability. Well, we're here. It's fantasy playoffs. Royce can provide some reliability for you. Whiteside was one of the most added players in preparation for Gobert missing. Gobert played. Whiteside still had four blocks, but had three and five in 16 minutes. I would not want to hold on to Hassan Whiteside for those 16 minutes a night. Yes, you love the fact that he got four blocks, but that's not realistic, is it? The world. How about my man Jordan Clarkson going from 40 plus points to eight? At least he had two rebounds here, but eight points, two rebounds, one assist, 21%. This is Jordan Clarkson, isn't it? If the shot doesn't fall, you're getting nothing. Nothing. Um, yeah, he's a hold, obviously, but this is a bloke that's not a top 140 player this season and you're going to have these types of inconsistencies with him yeah, pretty regularly. And then we roll on to the last game of the night where the Raptors get the win at Crypto.com Arena over the Lakers, 114-103. They were up um, much bigger than this early on, especially the first, fourth, fourth, no, first quarter was a blowout, and the Lakers just sort of did a fake comeback with, I don't know, it's just, it's just annoying watching them. Watching the Lakers is so annoying. With these, you know, let's get LeBronny's points and challenges with 20 seconds left to prolong the game when you're down by 10. It's annoying. Scotland Barnes wasn't annoying. He was great. 40 points, 21 and 9, 5 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks. He's had a bit of an Al Horford season. Really hot start, cooled off significantly in the middle. And now with Ananobi out a step back up. His challenge, I guess, is going to be able to maintain this level of production when the full team's healthy. And he hasn't been able to do it. That's not to take anything away. That's hard to do. But he's been great at the moment, really putting up numbers at the right time of the year for us in fantasy. Siakam had 25 and 11 with a steal and a block. Rough from the line, but good otherwise. Well, Gaz Trent, yes. Big volume, 28, 5 and 3. 
and awesome from the line, 85% on 13 attempts. Unfortunately, he cannot hit over 40%, it appears like. 37% from the field here, and that is hurting. Precious Achua, 33 minutes, 10 and 11, two steals, two blocks. A really good game. Unfortunately, as a center, he continues to be just a horrific finisher. 39% is, I don't know how it's possible. I wouldn't bother rostering him in 12-team leagues. I think he's going to get some more starts, and his minutes will probably go up a little bit. But OG coming back will impact him, and I just don't think it's worthwhile. I think you can go ahead and Jack Armstrong, Chris Boucher. Get that garbage out of here! 13 and 8 is fine, but 20 minutes. All right, when Van Vliet plays, Boucher sucks. Simple as that. As speaking of Van Vliet, coming back after knee soreness, plays 40 minutes. Shout out Nick Nurse. 11, 7, and 7. Unfortunately, he shot just 21%. A rough night there. While we didn't get too much else going on. Ken Birch, the big tree, played 11 minutes for one point with two blocks. While for the Lakers, Horton Tucker. 27 minutes, 20 and 5. Five assists, two steals, and a block. It's a great game. It really is. And he's shown some signs of being a 12-team league guy, but just not consistently enough. LeBron had 30-9 and nine with four threes and two blocks. Rough from the line, but good production. And Mallow had 14 points. He's a good points and threes player. Westbrook, just like, yeah, fine. 14-8-4. Rough from the field. Good from the line, which is a, a positive there. While um, not much else going on here. Stan Johnson was benched for the second half. Started winning Gabriel, who only played 19 minutes. And he can't really gain much out of that. While it was a poor night from Malik Monk, where the Duke Wayne Ellington came in and took some of his minutes. 24 for Monk with eight points. I would rather have Monk than Allenson. I would still hold him in 12-team formats. Let's look at the best performers of the day, the lines of the night. In fact, the monstrous goes, of course, to Carl Anthony Towns. Your waiver wire is Taylor Horton Tucker. Young gun is Lamello. And the dud of the night has to be Malik Beasley. Top 10 players today. Number one was Towns, followed by Curry, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, Harden, Zubats, Conley, Rogier, DeJounte Murray, and Shea Gildas-Alexander. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. Horton Tucker. Look, consider him, but probably more 14. I like Drew Eubanks as a 12-teamer. Isaac Okoro is a fluke. DiVincenzo is a 12-team maybe. Hal Neto, streamer. Walker, eh, deeper league guy. Uh, CJ Allaby, not really. Achua, 14 teams. Uh, Trey Mann, maybe 12s. Dylan Wright, not interested. And then for your points leagues, your top performers today. Towns, Young, Curry, Jokic, Holiday, Embiid, Murray, Antetokounmpo, Harden, and Zubats. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, why don't you give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.